Danny finally burns shit. Like a lot of shit. This is spoilers. These spoilers of war. This is spoiler. Burn it down. Hello, guys. Hello. Oh. <laughs> she was flaming. But before we get into that, um, just want to welcome everyone to episode 99 of spoilers. Woo! Um, Episode 100 is coming up, and we got something special in store. Uh, Pappy, why don't you tell us where you're recording from, and what is that special something in store? Pappy, Denver, Colorado. Blackout Passion of the Christ. Why are you talking so weird? (laughs) (laughs) Trying to make it dramatic. I was trying to really hype it up, get hype. I'm trying to upsell this podcast. I know. I, I was actually in Denver and saw Pappy this past weekend, and I think he was still hurting from from BOP. Is that true? I did. to bed early. I, I did Pappy out. It was a classic Pappy. And we, were, and we were with a couple new friends, too, and they were like, ah, Pappy, come out. And, like, you don't understand what Pappy means. Pappy doesn't, ah, oh, come out. Pappy goes to bed. <laughs> and went to bed he did uh mikey how about you did you have a nice tame weekend where are you recording from uh i'm recording from the safety of elkhart indiana uh i did not have a tame weekend i was in chicago and i probably cannot speak about 90 percent of what happened this weekend so Oof. just <laughs> was it a just it. music festival of some kind yeah, I went to Lollapalooza, and there was a, I mean, I broke my throw-up streak. That's never good. You don't want to break that. It was fun. I had fun. Don't remember most of it. Jerry Any Seinfeld notable vote? bands. Yeah. Wow. I was say, what was your throw-up streak, too? Uh, <laughs> oh, it was probably a couple years. I think I barfed in, in uh, the Long's <laughs> dugout last time I threw up, so... <laughs> So it's been a couple of years. Not in the dugout. Come on, man. It, I think it was on the floor of the dugout. Oh, it, literally in the dugout. <laughs> Yuck. Dang it. Tainted. Wow. <laughs> anyway, so just to bring us back to last week was episode 98, and it was another Game of Thrones episode, and took us a while to get out. We had a ton of fans clamoring for that episode, so try to get these out a little bit faster i mean we're just regular dudes here trying to make pod go to lollapalooza it's kind of tough uh anyway guys trying to watch blackout passion the christ (laughs) normal guys trying to do your normal every (laughs) day yeah just cracking in a cold one hoping on a saturday with the boys (laughs) 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 all right game of thrones episode four i thought Game of Thrones continued this weird thread they have of every episode in this season being the best episode so far. Yeah, what is this story arc here? What's No show has ever been paced like this before. It's a little weird. I love it. It's building up. What more do you want? Where is it going to go, though? Like this is, this is kind of like a season finale episode. It certainly seemed like it. I mean... Spoiler alert, the end with Jamie like charging a dragon. That's totally what I thought would be like end of series shit. I was very surprised to see that in this episode. 
that whole battle was like on the level of other epic Game of Thrones battles we've seen. And even like if you go back and watch, watch like the Blackwater battle, this blows it out of the water. Like this was awesome. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. Uh, you finally got to see the dragons kind of kick some ass and it really did a number on this army. Well, really, it was only one of the three dragons. And I mean, this, I think the books might make the dragons take a little bit longer to be like battle ready. But in the show, man, Drogon was going straight down lines, like supply lines. And like he was using real battle tactics from the air with Danny whispering in his ear. What'd you guys think about that? So the scene where you have Bronn loading up the scorpion or whatever, aiming it at the dragon, who were you rooting for? Because like a part of me was actually rooting for Bronn to kill him. But then as soon as the dragon got hit, Drogon, I felt like really sad for the dragon. Like there's was, there was definitely like a conflict of character arcs there. I, I like Bronn, so I didn't want him to die, but... You got one of these dragons is going to get an arrow through the face and you kind of didn't want it to be this first one right away. One thing that's weird about this battle is I'm not exactly sure what the fallout is for our main characters. Did, did any of the main characters actually die in this battle? Um, Jamie ends the episode kind of sinking down in the water. So it's unclear. I think you got to assume that he's getting rescued, but I mean, did, did Dickon or the Tarly dude, um, did any of those guys die or uh, anyone of note on Danny's side? Is Drogon safe confirmed? The way the episode kind of wraps up, he gets like pierced. He's on the ground. He has one last like Drakari shot in him, but I'm not, I, I feel like between Jamie and the dragon, one of them's going down. I think he's fine. I think I'll just brush it off. He's a dragon. There's like a toothpick hitting him. I think the main consequence will just be a big portion of the Lannister army is kind of wiped off the mat and uh, the gold that was en route to King's Landing. I mean, they're certainly mm. building that to be a big plot point, right? They, they said the gold got to King's Landing, though. That was confirmed. See, I thought I caught that, too, but... They did, for sure. I'm, I'm positive on that. I, I, on the, I caught it on the rewatch to double-check. I thought that's what the dragon was going after, was trying to blow up. See, I thought that could have been the food, potentially, because they mentioned that the harvest was still being gathered, right? That's kind of what... Well, there's no one around left to eat that food after the dragon scorched a huge field of men. Uh, There's a lot of people in King's Landing who could have used that (laughs) that grain for that mead. Yeah. Arbor gold. Arbor white. So, I mean, you think the gold will be safe and the Lannisters will be able to basically rebuild their army with this Bravosi loan that's incoming? I thought it was explicitly stated in the episode that the gold had made it, but... We're getting into deep spoilers territory of the episode. There's a lot that happens before this final battle. Yeah, but I think this is what deserves being talked about the most. So Randall Tarley tells Jamie right before their attack that they're basically too far behind um, the front of the line. So does that to assume that they're that close to King's Landing where the front of the line no. has actually made it to King's Landing? He, no, he explicitly says the gold has made it through the gates, is said. And then 
he mentions the part about the, the, the back half being exposed or whatever, but at no point do the dragons attack the gates, so I think it's safe to assume that the gold at least made it. So half of the Lannister army was away from the gates, and the other half was inside of King's Landing? I don't know. So this battle... I'm, I'm wondering how far this battle was from King's Landing. And how did Daenerys find this army so quickly? And how did the boats get back in time to transport the Dothraki army? Maybe this episode wasn't good. <laughs> this episode sucked. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm stepping off the high train again. I think I think it's uh, you can use a lot less boats to get just from Dragonstone to the mainland. It's not like crossing the whole sea, if you will. It raises. A- I was kind of wondering that. Uh, you were assuming they were heading back to King's Landing. I was kind of wondering how far away they were from like the main city yeah and i guess that's but, why i'm wondering because i mean is the next episode the attack on king's landing that we we're kind of talking about last week is it going to get burnt down that soon i mean things are moving really fast now so i maybe agree that drogon I, isn't dead I but i feel like if a dragon takes two of those shots in one episode or maybe even like three over the course of two episodes it's probably done so, like, there would have to be some consequence for Danny to overstep and attack King's Landing, which would be, like, the death of Drogon. I feel like they're setting up some kind of dragon-dying sad part. Huh, yeah, I mean, probably, but it's just, you wonder, that, I mean, through the books, there's this whole prophecy of the three-headed dragon, so I've always had the feeling that all three dragons would be ridden at the same time, or at least in some I don't know I thought all three dragons would be ridden together at some point by three characters two of which are yet to be named I don't know anything about the three headed dragon theory I don't know well I mean there's three dragons so people have just basically been theorizing since the beginning that they'll all have their own unique rider so a lot of people think Jon Snow will ride one and we talked about this a couple weeks ago and that Tyrion could possibly be one who who else is thrown out there, Pat? Uh, Jon Snow. Uh, you hear Bran. Uh, a lot of the theory, Bran, yeah. Morgan. A lot of the theory is that uh, Tyrion will build a saddle for Bran, similar to what he built in season one, where he could ride a horse shortly after he had been crippled. That's a that's a big theory, but I mean, I, I think all book theory should be considered out the windows. They're freestyling at this point, right? Like. Bronn couldn't possibly be a, as major character as he's already proven to have been. Like he just saved Jamie's life. Like there's no way that happens in the books based on what we've seen. Yeah, he's kind of a composite character, so um somebody that's in Jamie's camp probably does something similar, but what I was wondering is I thought it was kind of weird that Bronn's payoff is that he's like this huge epic warrior in a battle. I thought his I mean, we've known he's a good fighter from one of the first episodes in season 1, but feel like his main trait has always been being smart and kind of picking his battles and in this episode he's kind of kamikazing through a dothraki army and also it doesn't seem like he'd be the one to actually get on that arrow machine and try to kill the dragon i mean what's what's in it for him to do that jamie promised him a castle jamie uh told him to go go fire that arrow yeah his choice of castles once the conflict is over so he's thinking, if I could take down three dragons, I can have a nice castle. 
Uh, <laughs> Dude, his character's so awesome, though. Like, honestly, I, I love Bron in the show. He's one of my <laughs> favorite characters in the show. I just never thought of him as a war hero. I still like him, and it was a cool scene, but that's just a thought I had. I will agree, though. He does pick his battles, and he was kind of exposing himself a lot in this one, it seemed like, for no reason. Because he told Jamie to just run away. Yeah, and if you like, and I if thought, you want to dig into lore, like he's the one who taught one of the greatest swordsmen in Westeros, Jamie Lannister, how to refight again. Like he definitely has some skills, but we've just never seen them in action before. Well, he does have that one-on-one battle in season one against one of the Knights of the Vale, which is a pretty cool scene. Um, but anyway, I think that this one part of this whole epic battle scene we haven't talked about yet is when they show Tyrion kind of looking on. And I thought that was pretty cool when he's watching Jamie and realizing what he's about to do. And Fly, what does he fools. say, Mikey? Fly, you Yeah, fools. basically. <laughs> <laughs> he said, Jamie, you fucking idiot. Don't run straight at the dragon or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he he literally said fucking idiot, which is funny. <laughs> it was like Peter Dinklage broke character to be like, dude, seriously. <laughs> What are you thinking? But I thought that was really cool, and again, Peter Dinklage is the best actor in the show. So Tyrion, Tyrion, and Jamie are like on good terms. Is that what we're saying? He, Tyrion doesn't want to exactly kill Jamie or want him dead. I don't I think, think, I think he truly does. Yeah, I think this show has shown us some kind of special bond even going back to the first episode where Jamie opens up that door and a bunch of like prostitutes run in and like finish off Tyrion to the point where Jamie lets Tyrion out of jail like they, they've been definitely closer than Cersei to Tyrion and, that, and I think that's been a point of conflict throughout the show and hopefully gets resolved in a dramatic way there's some kind of showdown alright we can move on past that battle but I think that was worth to completely flesh out at the beginning I think that's one of the best scenes we've had in Thrones since probably the Battle of the Bastards I would say um but the cool thing about this episode is that it's not the only good scene. Um, earlier in the episode, Jon Snow tells Danny, I want to show you something, and takes him to this cave. Uh, and they see like all these like drawings on the wall, hieroglyphics. And Jon's like, look, like people in history helped each other. Like We need to help each other too, or we won't beat these Night King god people. And this kind of speaks to what Pappy was saying last week, like, I feel like John here really spelled out, like, listen, he's real, he's coming, we have to do this together. Is that kind of what you're hoping for? Well, what was hilarious was within minutes of this scene going up, there were thousands of memes depicting a horny Jon Snow drawing these, like, White Walker sketches on the castle walls. Like, everyone jumped on the hype train for that one, and it was hilarious. But, I mean, I thought that the actual depictions of the white walkers were a little bit on the nose. I think it would have been a little bit more insight if they would just stuck to like the same sort of patterns on the walls that they, they talked about this in the post episode thing, but it, or it was the, uh, the same patterns that the buys were in episode one. So there was a little bit more convincing there, but still Danny comes back to, I'll support you. I'll fight for you. If you bend the knee. Which was annoying. That was a little much. I mean, 
even after all that and she knows that they're real now or at least a threat and she's still kind of kind of stuck up in her own way but i think that they're definitely pushing it in a direction where uh john and danny are gonna get married or something because now people are kind of dropping hints that they're kind of interested in each other and i think they definitely show a respect to each other and in fact danny later in this episode straight up asked john what his counsel is and i thought that was saying something right because she's saying he has to bend the knee but yet we'll still look to him for advice and like how on the nose would it be if it's like he bends the knee, but that means some sort of marriage proposal. And I think I'm with the first podcast to say that. So if that's what happens, we called it. But you're, you're I think it would make sense because it's like this compromise of neither one of them giving in. It would be a, a song of ice and fire, an alliance. Like we're not the first people to say they would get married, but if he bends the knee by proposing, that's that's a hoe the door pun walk off right there. <laughs> I think that we need to insert the spoiler guy saying it's lit right here. It's lit. It's thanks, lit. spoiler man. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, never mind. Um, wow, Pappy, you just blew my mind. I don't know where to go from that. Uh, one thing I'd like to bring up: can we can we bring up Bran? This is one of the points. Yeah, well, I, really I was going to say about. since you since you just blew my mind. Let's go to another character whose mind has apparently been blown. <laughs> uh, I didn't mean to step over the king of transitions there, but I was happy. Learned everything I know the, from Chuck Freebie. I was happy that the show showed <laughs> us Brand being a certified dick. And like we weren't just like out there a couple of weeks ago when, when I was saying he was talking about rape and everyone's like, oh, you can't say that on the podcast afterwards. But when he when he's with Mira Reed, he's a, he's a straight up jerk to Mira Reed. Like he's like, yeah, your brother died for me. Whatever, bye. It's like there's sh- and like Sansa even shows like, yeah, Bran's back, but so there's definitely like, I hope his character gets stabbed in the face. I don't know what you guys think. I I'm not even upset that he's like a dick now. I'm just tired of him. Every time someone asks you're like not even Bran anymore. And he's like, well, yeah, I told you I'm not Bran anymore. He, that's like his only excuse now. That's the only thing he says. It's a little annoying. I think you guys are kind of overlooking like what this like info dump would do to a human's brain. I mean, doesn't it make sense? <sighs> that, that again? That, yeah, doesn't it make sense that though, Mike, like all these little micro... If he's so wise now though isn't he like wise enough to show some compassion for five minutes he's saying goodbye to his friend well what i liked about that scene was that it's the first time that he's been a dick and there's been like consequences for it like when he was like distant at the wall ed still let him in when he's distant towards sansa she still hugged him Arya still loved him but like mira was like no dude like fuck you like we just did a lot and you're just kind of being an asshole. So maybe that'll shake him up from it a little bit, but well, I, I think there's also a very good scene in the crypts of Winterfell that I touched on a little bit earlier that where Sansa goes brands back, but then it hangs on her, like and her face drops from the smile. Then it hangs mm-hmm. on Arya and her face drops from the smile. And like, that's definitely saying, but, but also to mention that scene, like what did you think about like sort of Sansa realizing that Arya is now, uh, Xena warrior princess badass people online seem to be saying Sansa is like jealous that 
her siblings have these powers, but I thought she was looking on with pride from the second tower as Arya was fighting Beren. So I'm a little confused too by that pat. pat. I thought she was uh, scared of Arya because she sees that she's like a badass now. So she must have gone through some stuff. I didn't like they said when they finally met. Pep. Oh, sorry. When they finally met. Yeah, down in the crypt or whatever. Oh. They both said that they've had kind of a painful journey. Yeah, well, I I didn't see anything that, like, Sansa looked proud, though. Like, she lingers on the battle with Brienne, then she turns away. We don't really see anything. Then Littlefinger has, like, a, like a look of interest. But there's no moment where, like, Sansa's, like, chinning up in approval or, like, impressed. Like, I feel like, if anything, the reunition of the Starks has been kind of like disjointed. Like Sansa's like, Oh fuck. Everyone's a freak. Now everyone done got superpowers. Maybe I guess we just have to differ there and see where the series goes. But you mentioned Littlefinger, And I think another one of my favorite lines from this scene is brand being a dick to someone and it feeling really good. Like Littlefinger's treating him like the 13 or 15 year old boy that he is. And all of a sudden he says this line chaos is a ladder which is like one of the most famous lines from the series so far and Littlefinger is clearly perplexed and scared maybe does that mean something chaos is a ladder I didn't know if that was like a if that had something to do with the books or something no that's a a quote a line that Littlefinger has uttered a couple times in private throughout the series so Bran saying Uh, Bran saying it there is kind of saying like I don't know. What what do you think that scene was all about, Pat? Well, it's interesting because at other points in the show, Arya is directly asking him, where did you get this dagger? And and Bran says, Littlefinger gave it to me. Then Arya says, why would someone try to kill you with such a nice dagger? And Bran says, because someone powerful wanted me dead. I mean, presumably, that scene is showing us that Bran knows that Littlefinger is the one who wanted him dead and wanted to start the War of the Five Kings, but... On the other hand, he's not being honest and open with his siblings, which is like a stark trait we've seen throughout the course of the series. But like, why, why withhold that information other than to? I, I have the a plot? little bit of a theory. Go ahead. I don't think it's just to convolute the plot. I think that maybe. So this is kind of out there, but maybe Bran needs to kind of scare Littlefinger into helping them, and that the war of the five Kings and honestly, Littlefinger trying to slit Bran's throat when he was younger seemed like small potatoes when, you know, this grand war is on the doorstep. And I think that's kind of Bran's whole shtick is that he has this huge overview of everything. So like the little character development stuff that we care a lot about Bran doesn't. And that's kind of what I was trying to say earlier when Pappy was like, Oh, this again, (laughs) So how, without of the realm of the possibility, is it that Littlefinger ends up marrying Sansa in the end? What percent chance? Zero? Because you're suggesting that he could be a useful ally. Do you think he could be? I hope there's something more interesting than he just gets, like, stabbed by someone. I don't know. I think he deserves it. We've been... (laughs) We had a, like a discussion about Littlefinger last week, and again, his motives are just so hidden that it gets kind of frustrating. Um, Mikey, you got any last thoughts on 
Littlefinger before we move on? On Littlefinger, I mean, he, like we've been saying, he's just a mystery. Uh, he just plays all of his cards close to his chest, so it's, it's kind of hard to tell what his motives still are. But like Pap said, I think he's meant for something bigger than just dying. So I think, I think his story will start picking up soon. Maybe it will. Or maybe we'll just get a lot more scenes with the banker from Bravosi making like super weird faces towards Cersei. I hate that guy. He actually makes Cersei seem somewhat likable. Every scene Cersei has been in for the past two seasons, she has at some point stood up and poured wine. Yeah, and she's always scowling. She's an angry soccer mom now. I do kind of like the addition of the scenes over the painted on floor map. I think underrated intro intros of all time is the fact that Game of Thrones used the map and like move the camera around to show the viewers like these cities are in play this episode. Like this is where everything is relative to each other. Josh, do you like the scenes where Cersei is standing on a literal map of Westeros like he would seen at the back or the start of, the, of a George R.R. R. Martin book? <laughs> uh, I mean, they play with the map a lot in this series, and I do think that's cool. It, it gives it just kind of like a subtle reminder, just like slapping you in the face. I guess that's not subtle after all that like this conflict is big. Again, going back to Bran, I think it's also like her plotting what's going to happen down here. It started like... Bran's the only one that can see that it's all petty and Danny shouldn't be wasting her resources fighting the Lannisters and the Lannisters shouldn't be trying to steal from the Tyrells and everything's just kind of a shit show in Westeros and Cersei's standing on this is also kind of a reminder that she's on the throne because we kind of forget like the importance of maybe the Iron Throne itself because like Jon Snow's a king, Daenerys is a queen and also Cersei is a queen. So do you think it's a reminder too that hers is the most um, prestigious position? Well, I think the scene served to show that she's like leveling up. Like they say that I need to upgrade my Navy, I need to upgrade my army, I need to upgrade my XYZ. And I think that's even more proof that like she's got the gold, she's got secured, like paid off her debt, secured a secondary loan with the Bravosi Bank. So, which will explain away why in this battle yet to come for King's Landing, she has such a big army. Like, she's going to, like, outsource the military operations and bring some people in from Essos. And that was sort of explained away in the two scenes of getting the gold back and then, like, the Brafosi guy uh, being so impressed with her and once again, like, comparing her to her dad. It does get a little convoluted. I think Mikey said last week, we don't know the books, so everything's just kind of speaking in vagaries. You supply the gold, like, I'll supply the dragons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was this a thing? This has been a thing for the whole time, is them trying to pay off this debt, right? So now it's finally happened. And then she's getting another been, bigger loan. Yeah, I mean, so now, what does it matter? Who, who cares? Let's just go. Speaking of going, let's let's finish this episode out. Pappy, let's start with you for yes and no's. Yeah, I'll give this a yes. Um, the only other thing that I had down is the guy who directed this, Matt Shakaman. Uh, if you look at his IMDb, he's not known for directing action or movies at all. He's actually most famous for directing Always Sunny in Philadelphia. 
and he's directed some of the funniest episodes of that show of all time, including The Nightman Cometh and a bunch of like season four, season five, season six. So like, it's pretty crazy that one of the best battles in Game of Thrones was also directed by one of the funniest episodes of a sitcom series I've seen in like the past 10 years, Nightman Cometh. But this is a yes for me. It's a top, I would say 10% episode. It's one of the best of the series, uh, highlight of the season so far. Yes. Mikey. Uh, I agree with what Pap said. It's a yes. Uh, we get some great dragon scenes. Uh, they're finally doing work, which we've always wanted the entire time. They finally get to fight. Um, yeah, I, it was just all around better. A uh, better episode than the other episodes this season. Um, it's weird. Weird season arc, I think, for me. It's just going straight up, but, I mean, I don't know. You can't complain. It's just I've never seen a show kind of take this trajectory before, so I'm kind of wondering where it's going to end. Well, it's too bad you jumped off that hype train in episode one. (laughs) So So yes for Mikey, yes for Pappy. Uh, This is Josh, and yeah, I'll give it a yes, too. I mean, it pays off with Tyrion looking on as his brother is, like, epically charging this dragon and it's shot beautifully and i didn't know that pappy about the always sunny director that's a pretty cool twist to this if i watch this episode again i'll uh look to see if i can see any similarities and shots or something but (laughs) are you like singing from like the bathroom like you're really distant Uh, i'm pretty far away i'm taking care of a few other things but go ahead (laughs) thank you um, the only thing I had in my notes is the Arya versus Brienne kind of like training sequence. It's really weird that they're fighting with live blades, and especially Arya has like this Valyrian steel dagger that's super duper sharp, and they're just swinging them around. I was wondering if there's going to be like an accident and someone accidentally slits a throat, but luckily that didn't happen. Um, everything in this series is going so fast, and one thing we kind of glossed over is John, I think, was reunited with Theon for the first time in like five seasons. Not a sentimental kind of, reunion. No, he just kind of grabs him by the scruff and says like, I ought to beat the crap out of you. But what what he helped Sansa escape. So I mean, what was the last thing Theon did to John? What well, last dick thing? Yeah. Does John think that he killed Bran? Does John know that Bran's alive? John does not know that Bran's alive. So yeah, but I he think knows, he thinks but he, he, killed... he knows that he knows that Theon didn't kill Rickon though. So I don't know. Yeah, but he also knows that Theon like took over Winterfell and burned a bunch of it and like killed Sir Roderick and a bunch of other like basically enough, fa- yeah, family members. Point. So very good point. Anyway, a lot of things happening in the series. So yeah, that's three yeses, and hopefully episode five, again, is the best episode of the series. That'd be pretty cool, but anything lastly to add before we head out and toss it to the spoiler man? If bending the knee I is John promosi- proposing to Danny, I literally called that. I didn't get that from anything. <laughs> Tune in for episode 100, everybody. B.O.P., which stands for... Blackout Passion. Blackout Passion. <laughs> <laughs> See ya. This that was spoilers. Our 
Email is podcastspoilers at gmail.com. Twitter is at spoilers underscore pod. And if you enjoyed what you heard today, subscribe on SoundCloud or iTunes. Please don't forget to leave us a review by searching for movie spoilers, clicking on the cereal bowl, select the reviews tab, and leave us some stars and some words. That was Spoilers. Oh, this one's called The Spoils of War, and we missed an opportunity for a spoilers pun. Edit that in post. The Spoilers of War. (laughs) I would have definitely said that first.